What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Raised Geek Podcast, where geek is all we speak. We have a great show for you this week, including our talk on Sweet Tooth episodes three and four, final thoughts on the first episode of Loki, and we find out how true The Conjuring really is when we have a convo with our psychic friend Pete. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. And Peter. Oh, let's go. Whoa, whoa, we had a stowaway there in part of that intro. Peter, how's it going? I'm here with Peter, Don, I'm Chris. How's it going, Peter? I'm good. What's happening? Peter, for those who don't know, listening is a friend of ours from a lifelong friend that uh, we've had since what? Going back to first grade? First grade, uh, yeah. Elementary school, we were all in the Boy Scouts together. Troop 740 uh, for life. <laughs> lifelong, lifelong trio of friendship right here going back years and years. So we're we're happy to have you on with us, man. Well, thank you for, for very much for having me. I appreciate it. And you're and you're up in Canada, so you're doing your thing up there <laughs> in the great white north. It's nice and cold, I'm sure, still, right? Does it snow? Uh, no, it's it's plus like uh I don't know. The other day it was a hundred degrees. Fahrenheit. So, I, I live in the most um I live in the most extreme uh, city in the entire world. During the winter, it can get to minus 50. And during the summer, it can get to 100 degrees. And we reached about 100 degrees just a couple days ago. See, that's crazy, man. When when we think about Canada, we're like, it's got to be always, it's got to be snow at all times and people no. walking around no. in uh, parkas. Now, it is colder for longer here. Like, we get snow definitely by Halloween. And it's not gone until maybe like April. So, and and it's freezing cold, like, you know, in between, but our summers are just as hot as, as Chicago weather. Um, yeah. So, in fact, whatever weather we get here, literally 24 hours later, it ends up in Chicago. I remember right. talking to you on the phone one time and all of a sudden I just heard you go, dear God, no. And I heard the phone <laughs> drop and I just heard all this commotion. I'm like, oh my God. Someone just broke into his house. What's going on? And then I heard him come back and I hear him in the distance on the phone. Are you okay? Are you okay? And then you pick up the phone and you're like, oh, my dog was outside and we forgot. She was frozen. She couldn't move her legs. She died. I was just yeah. like, what is yeah. going on up there? Yeah, you can't let your dog out for more than I'd say a minute or two um, in the winter. Their paws will freeze for, for real. It's true. Canada sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I do live in the murder capital of Canada, actually. Oh well, I, I live I live in the murder capital of America, so we <laughs> we have we have that in common. Yay, murder capital! Yay, murder capital, buddy! <laughs> I got nothing to say about that. I live in Texas. Everyone has guns, so everyone's afraid to murder. <laughs> no, everybody's got a gun in uh, San Antonio. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But we got lots to talk about. First up, I want to know because I just got a text from Don before we started recording, showing me that he bought a movie ticket to see Black widow he is going back to the movies the mcu brought it back i know we've talked lots of times over the past few episodes of whether or not we're going to make it back to the movies what movie is going to get us out of our shell don has decided black widow is it what made you decide that don well i know we talked about before that we like to go see all the um marvel movies and 
Black Widow's the one that's, you know, a year off since the last Marvel movie. And I was kind of on the fence. Should I go? Should I not? COVID's going on. It's kind of a, you know, a scary time for everybody. Is it safe to go back? But now I feel like we finally got into the place as a um, country where more and more people are getting vaccinated and uh, you, you turn on TV and watch a sporting event. And man, they're, they're packing them into stadiums now, like shoulder to shoulder. Uh, no one's wearing masks and I'm vaccinated um both shots so i feel like it's now or never not now or never but like now's the time for me where i'm comfortable enough to go there's a movie i've convinced myself i want to see um in theaters (laughs) i've convinced myself i'm ready to see it and uh so yeah i'm excited but got the tickets today for uh the opening weekend and yeah ready to go it should be a fun time i like it so now pete up in Canada, I know everything's been a lot different up there. Are movie theaters open? Are you ready to go back to the movies? Are you able to go back to the movies? What's going on up in Canada? Okay, so every province is different. Kind of like every province is like a giant big state, like four times bigger than a state. Uh, the province I live in is Manitoba, and we have the worst number of cases of anywhere in Canada right now, even though uh, almost 75% of our um over 75% of people who can't get vaccinated are vac- are fully are sorry have one shot 25% of us who can get the shot have our second shot already so once it gets a little better i think they're going to open up but probably not till at least they're talking like mid july of opening up things like that they have to make they said they have to make sure that um uh, what 50% of all people who can get it are double vaccinated. Once at once 50% of double people are double vaccinated, then they will open up like gym, like our gyms are still closed. Um, we have 10% capacity in any place like Walmart. Um, and you can't even go eat at a restaurant. Now you can order food and take as takeout, but you can't actually go into a restaurant right now. Uh, everything's closed right now because we're just so bad, which is crazy because Canada's only 40 million people. I mean, we're you know less than a quarter of what the U.S. is, and yet we're so far behind. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's maddening uh, yeah. what our government has done and not gotten us uh, shots fast enough. So, is that really just kind of a vaccine rollout? Is really what's slowing you yeah, guys? Yeah, I mean, like, like you guys would better. We have this giant like RBC Convention Center where they it can host thousands and thousands of people, and they have like mini little things, and now they even have it where you can go to your doctor and get the shot. So it's not a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of not being able to get it. It's just, they started too little, you know, they started a little too late and didn't really have a plan. Um, so it's just taking a very, very long time to, to get it. And schools are closed down basically until the end of the school year, which is the end of June here. So, and I'm a teacher, so yeah. I, kids are coming back just for a final assessment, uh, for like the last two weeks of school just to see a, a few kids at a time. We can't have more than five kids at a time uh, coming in just for assessment purposes. And I just did air quotes and I can't see it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quoting that's, all the time. <laughs> yeah, man, that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Us here in like America, we just assume that Canada is ahead of us in everything like ahead of us in healthcare and, and education. And our, our um, prime minister is much younger and, and hands, more handsome than, Biden. <laughs> than Joe Biden. You're right. <laughs> I think our prime minister is like my age. <laughs> He's like, 40. Yeah, he, 
Yeah, he looks like a he looks like a dude you just go like have a beer with. Be like, yeah, hey, man, he's super Let's, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's super yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, what's it, it, contrast is for that is Texas. Our movie theaters, like the local movie theater chain here, opened up six weeks after the pandemic started at fifty percent occupancy. They just split up the seats, and the movie theaters never closed. And never it, it just it closed for that initial like six to eight weeks when everything just shut down. And after that, as soon as they allowed anything, they were that was open. We've been slowly, and since March 10th, we've been masked and 100% in Texas. So since March 10th already, we've been no mask mandates. You know, they've been like individual, like companies, especially like nationwide companies, like, you know, Walmart and Target, they've still been able to keep their, you know, but it's been up to the specific, you know, organization of what they want to do. And we've been 100% since March 10th. Of course, because it's Texas and people in Texas don't give a what. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. tell me how to do it. Finally around here, like mask mandates have started to loosen and it's still a little weird to see people go in places and like 50% of people have their mask on and 50% don't. And sometimes I want to take mine off and I do, but I feel weird. I'm like, I feel like this is wrong. I I feel like I'm breaking the law or something. You know what I mean? Like this is illegal. Uh, So yeah, it's a weird transition time, but we'll see. Going to the movies. uh, See how it goes. Very jealous. Very jealous. You'll get there. You'll get there, Canada. You'll get there. (laughs) So Don and I are going to get our Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It talk here in just a few minutes. But while we had Pete here, I wanted to talk a little bit more because Pete is an actual psychic. And he has some really great stories and interesting uh, takes on this kind of like ghosts, you know, ghosts and the spirit world and everything. So I wanted to give Pete the opportunity to share a little bit of his world with you guys. So one of the big things that I always want to know is coming out of these Conjuring movies that are based on a true story. Is that what your life is like, man? Is that what you do? You run around and like the ghosts like show up and they haunt you and um, creepy hands and blood comes out of your faucet. <laughs> uh, that sounds like I a would, scary life. <laughs> I would say I would say that um, I've I've run into thousands and thousands of ghosts. I've run into about three demons, uh, things, entities that have never been human. And they prey off of the weak and the people that um, either they're opportunistic uh, or they prey off of people that are weak in in a house. And I don't mean physically weak. I mean, like people that are scared. That's exactly what uh, bad ghosts or demons go after is is truly like people that are scared of it. So if you're scared of it, it's going to feed off your energy. If you're not scared of it, they stay away from you. I've I've never had a, a demon in my house because they know that I'm not scared of it. And, uh, but I've had thousands of ghosts around me and ghosts know what people are psychic and they purposely go around them to try to get messages to like send to other people. Like, Hey, tell this person, I I want you to say this, tell this person that I want you to say this. I've had tons of ghosts come up to me and like, you know, whisper in my ear, like, Hey, I want you to say this. And they won't stop talking until I tell the person I'm like with, Hey, by the way, there's this ghost named Mary and she wants me to tell you this. And then when I tell that person, like, they don't think I'm crazy, but like when I tell them something that only they could have known, mm-hmm. then they're like, oh my God, like that's, that's totally real. You know? Yeah. So now how did this, like, I don't, I mean, I remember instances when we were kids and little stories and stuff coming up through childhood that were little things, but now it's like, this is full on, like I said, you're having talking with strangers, you're yeah. kind of doing this thing. So when did this start for you? 
I actually, um, I started reading a book. It was because um, I wanted to do uh, like a past life regression, like basically self-help knows self-hypnosis. And I wanted to like know like uh, who, I wa- who I was in a past lifetime and also why was my life going the way it was going? Uh, did it have anything to do with ghosts? Did it have anything to do with my past life and karma and things like that? So I started reading a book. It was called Who Are You by Gloria Chadwick. And uh, it helped me uh, meditate. It helped me um, basically do a self-hypnosis. And from there, I've gotten crazy psychic where I don't even have to do anything and ghosts will just come to me. And uh, ghosts will start talking to me about like, hey, uh, or like my students uh, around around Halloween every year, uh, we start telling ghost stories. And I start asking the kids like, hey, you know, do you think you have any ghosts or anything in your house? And, the, you know, kids tell me and, uh, and they're like, well, what do you think they do? And I tell them exactly what they do and what their names are and where they hide in their in their house. And um, there was this one story that's a quick story, very neat, where this one girl was like, do I have any ghosts in my house, Mr. V? And I was like, actually, you do. And she's like, oh, like, what does she do? What's her name? I'm like, well, she plays hide and seek. And uh, she like hides around like doorways and she moves stuff on your nightstand. Um, she And I said, you keep on blaming your little brother, but it's not your little brother. I said, and this is the weirdest thing. And I said, this never happened before and haven't, hasn't happened since. I said, um, this, I, I said, I don't know how to explain this, but you have a ghost that looks exactly like you, but is not you. And she's like, what? I'm like, you have a ghost in your house that looks exactly like you, but is not you. And uh, she's your same age. She looks exactly like you. And she like moves stuff on your dresser. She plays hide and seek. She moves stuff around. And I was like, that sounds, I was like, that I've never had that happen before where a ghost looks exactly like you, but is not you. She went home and tells her mom and her mom like calls, calls the school the next day. And I thought, what, are you, so, my, oh my what are you telling my daughter? <laughs> like, look, my principal, like, <laughs> so I was like, Oh my God, like I might get fired for talking about ghosts. <laughs> um, uh, so the, I thought I was in trouble when the parent like called the school and wanted to talk to me. I'm like, Oh my God. So the parent called and, and just was, wasn't mad said, um, basically, how do you know stuff that's in my house? How do you know about stuff that's happening in, in my house that, cause you're not here. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm psychic. And I was like, I was like, I wasn't meaning to like be all like in your business or anything. And she goes, because she goes, because of what you said, I had to tell my daughter a secret that I wasn't, I was going to basically take to the grave with her, with me. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, she was like, you know how we, you said that like my daughter had a ghost that looked exactly like her, but wasn't her. I said, yeah. She goes, she had a twin that died at birth and a twin sister that died at birth. And, uh, and she wasn't ever going to tell her. And she said, and that's what ghost is around my house. That looks exactly like my daughter, but it's not my daughter because it's my other daughter that died at birth. And I was like, oh, snap. I didn't like, so I thought, I thought that was super neat, but um, I didn't mean to like, you know, pry into like their lives, but like, I wasn't going to lie to the girl. I'm like, this is what, this is the ghost. This, the, this is what the ghost does in your house. And this is what the ghost looks like. So she, that kind of gave her comfort knowing that the ghost that was, cause she sensed there was a ghost in her house. She could sense it. She just didn't know who it was. I'm like, well, that's your, I said, that's your twin sister. So ever since she knew that she's like, Oh, like <clears throat> she's protecting me and she wants to like play along with me. So ghosts, if they do die, like at birth or uh, yeah, if they die at birth or shortly after they can choose to keep on growing up, I guess on the, on the other side, um, right along with like a sibling or just right along, or they can choose to go back and reincarnate as somebody else, usually another um, family member, or maybe like the next child that would have been born to parents. <clears throat> but usually those, those spirits go back and there's somebody else. They can come back and be your own granddaughter at some point, or they can be your brother 
uh, little brother, you know, years later, but they always come back as a family member. If, if someone dies in your family, they always come back as, as somebody later. Um, so, and same thing with like aborted children, they always come back and, as somebody else in your family. So Down wow. that, that might be comforting to some people like, Oh, like, you know, yeah, my little sister died at birth. Well, yes, they t- technically did, but they'll always come back as somebody else at some point. Sure. Like cousin, does it stay? How, how far? Usually like with that, it would stay with very, very as close as you can. They would want to be, they would want to be in that person's immediate family as, as, and be in that family as much as possible. So like a distant cousin wouldn't be, it would be like their own kid or their own grandchild some, at some point, or it would some, a lot of times it's like the next, if they have another kid, it would be the next kid. Um, or it might be two kids later, or it might be like, in my skip a generation be like the grandkid, but it'll always stay really close to the family. So when you, someone... so when you say like, cause you were talking about this book, talking about past lives and you wanted to learn more about like past lives. Yeah. Does that mean that that's technically like one of your ancestors lives that you wanted to learn about? I, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That's kind of weird, but uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to know who I was. I wanted to know if there was uh, like, you know, there's many religions that talk about karma. The thing is what they don't say a lot of time is they say like karma follows you from lifetime to lifetime. And that's why certain people, if they were like rich in one lifetime, they want to, might want to experience being poor in another. So they can kind of get both. Sometimes if they are a victim uh, in this lifetime, it's because they were like a perpetrator in another one. Or if, uh, if they were very abusive and, and, uh, as in a, in a former life, they might be the abused in the next life. Um, karma always has a, a way to write itself. And that's why certain people sometimes like, uh, like, you know, some, I'll say a girlfriend, this kept to a guy, but I could say for girl, for instance, says like, Oh, I keep on following, finding the same guy. I mean, they're different guys, but you know, I see, keep on getting abused or by, by like all these different guys. Well, that's because there's karma hasn't written itself or you haven't learned your lesson yet. And I don't mean it in a mean way, but your, your soul hasn't learned its, it's a lesson yet of like, maybe not feeling like you're good enough or, or whatever it may be. Um, and so therefore people have to really learn the lessons that they're supposed to learn um, in order to move on. And once you, once you learned your lesson, then karma writes itself and you can move on and you don't deal with those problems anymore. Once you've dealt with whatever it's meant to be. And I wanted to know why my first marriage didn't last. <clears throat> and I realized it wasn't anything I did in this lifetime. It was actually, I was a jerk in a past lifetime. And I, I realized I'm a, I was an abusive uh, husband to her in a previous lifetime. And we'd followed each other from lifetime to lifetime. And, uh, and I, we'd been married in multiple different lifetimes. And uh, apparently I didn't treat her well in a bunch of different lifetimes. So she kind of, uh, she, she wanted revenge on me in this lifetime. And, and that's, that was her way of doing it is that we would get married, have a kid together, but not last. And, um, but other things followed me, which are good because my wife now, my second wife, she was my mistress in the past lifetime. <laughs> 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 and that's why we have such a good relationship because we already had a relationship in a previous life. So it's kind of weird. And usually like parents, um, parents and, ch- and, and parents and their kids are usually related in- to each other in some uh, form. Uh, siblings are usually like related to each other but it's never like sexual. Like my sister has been my sister or a neighbor or a very close for good friend in multiple lifetimes. Usually best friends follow each other as well. Best friends usually are best friends through multiple lifetimes. I have no, I have no doubt that all three of us have been friends or colleagues or something in previous lifetimes that we chose to be around each other again. So that's just, yeah, dude. that's, that's, that's all super interesting stuff, man. My, my thing, I keep thinking when you're talking about all this is Dr. Strange. Doctor Strange too, but uh, Doc, no. hey, Doctor Strange is crazy. How like 
like <laughs> so psychically how how like spot on it is it's so close yes there's some stuff that's magic and blah 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 but like yeah. lots of stuff about like getting, getting being able to get out of your body and watch your body from afar that's called yeah. astral projection that's totally real people do yeah. that all the time um yeah yeah so yeah you my, do it my, while you sleep sorry no yeah i was just gonna be like i was gonna ask you do you find these things like you go through these ability abilities kind of things do you ever find them like burden like a burden to your regular life like you feel do you feel like you got people talking to you you say they come to you they come find you yeah, do you ever find, find do you ever find it like you're just trying to do your regular like i'm just trying to eat breakfast here. <laughs> I, don't, I, uh, I don't have what, time what, to talk right now what's annoying is uh from the conjuring and, and from every horror movie when they say like the witching hour is like between midnight and 3 a.m that's totally true ghosts will leave me alone all day long you know, starting at five o'clock in the morning, they won't bother me. As soon as midnight hits to 3 a.m., it's like ghost town. It's like, they want to come in my room. And my wife um, has become ever, like, incre- ever increasingly clo- closer to becoming psychic herself because all of a sudden she'll wake up and she's like, there's ghosts in her room. I can feel them. And like years ago, she couldn't, but now she can. And yeah. and I'm like, you're totally right. I don't want to scare you, but yes, there's ghosts on your side of the bed. <laughs> and um, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 not scary at all or anything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but she she can't talk to them or anything, but she can sense them. I can talk to them. And be like, what do you want? Can you go away? Um, okay. Usually, when ghosts bother you, it's because they want you. To, they want to tell you something. They want you to know something, or they want to. They want you to. If you're psychic, they want you to spread the word to some other ghost or some other person. Uh, about something so i mean it's been it was very very handy uh being psychic um two days before my dad died. i don't know if i've ever told you the story but uh two nights before my dad died um my mom's ghost came to me because my mom died you know three years ago and um my mom came to me woke me up in the middle of the night four o'clock in the morning whispered on my ear she goes peter it's time i said time for what and she goes i'm i'm taking dad i'm like taking him where and she was like to heaven. And I'm like, what? I'm like, my dad wasn't sick. My dad was yeah. not sick. And yeah. um, I mean, he was in his like second year or third year of uh, um, dialysis, but he was still fine. Like he was tr- a trooper or whatever. And uh, my mom said, I'm taking him. And then I said, take him where? She'd like to heaven. I'm like, and I was like, when? And she gave me the number two. That's always she'll give me. She said two. And I was like, great is that two days is that two weeks is that two months two years when is she taking him right she took him in two days she took him in two yeah. days exactly two days so i woke up that morning and i talked to my dad for like 45 minutes we had a conversation and he was perfectly fine and all of a sudden and that was on like a friday on sunday i got the call from my sister saying my dad died and he died literally he went to church that day he uh he went to baker square and had some pie and some coconut cream pie <laughs> Came home, yeah. had a nap, and never didn't, and never woke up. And I'm glad that my mom. I'm glad that I'm psychic because my mom told me. My mom gave me fair warning. She gave me like the number two, so she gave me time to call my dad, have that last conversation. I mean, I. What's really weird is, I talked to him as if it was my last conversation with him. Like I, I somehow knew. I knew my mom came to me for a reason, and she was just talking to me, and, um, and I got to have that last conversation with my dad, knowing that it could be. And it, and it was a great conversation. We talked a lot of great things. So that's, that's yeah, being psychic doesn't always have to be bad. I, I mean, I got the heads up that my dad was going to pass away, even though he was yeah. health, healthy-ish, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. As I say, you mentioned Dr. Strange. 
So yes. I want to bring this back around to the MCU because we did just get the first episode of Loki. I know you watched that, but I know you're also not super comic booky. I know, you know, you said your son kind of got you watching and paying more yeah. attention and walking through this. So I was curious of what your overall thoughts are kind of with these Disney Plus shows, because I know you were talking about listening to us about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And this is kind of all seems like it's relatively fresh for you. So yeah. I kind of was curious <clears throat> how you thought about Loki and just the kind of the MCU in general, or kind of just like I said, what you think, man? Um, I think that in order to get Loki, the the series right now, I think that you'd have to go back and watch every movie Loki was ever in, <laughs> and like, and uh, just really quickly, and then like, and or just remember from all these years, the last last ten years, okay, which Loki was that? What 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 happened to this Loki versus this Loki? Because when they said, when my son said, oh, that's a variant. I'm like, okay, so he's been in this movie and this movie, but he doesn't have this experience of his mom dying, but he has this experience of Thor, but not this experience of Thor. And that's just kind of confusing to me uh, coming from like a passive. I know I've seen every Marvel movie that's come out like in the last 20 years. I've seen every movie at least once. I've seen Thor Ragnarok like 20 times. It's really funny. And Jeff <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good Jeff one. Goldblum's a genius. And like, it's just, it's really <laughs> funny. It's really clever. Um, yeah. But like all the other ones, I've seen all all of the other Thor movies. I've seen all the movies, all of Iron Man. Like, but I've seen them once. I yeah. think um, in order to follow Loki now, I'd have to go back and watch every movie and and kind of start from the beginning of okay, he's had this experience, he hasn't had this experience, and then yeah, they, and then I wouldn't you know, or does I have to keep on asking my son like every episode yeah. comes up? Okay, like was he in Ragnarok? Was he in Endgame? Was he in this? Like which one? Which Loki is this? So. I find it very yeah. interesting, though, that the t- there's like a time police, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool, man. Like we uh, we had to watch on Disney Plus. They have this little recap kind of a show yeah. called like Marvel Legends, where it runs through. It's like a seven minute thing where it runs through Loki's entire journey up to this point. And that yeah. was like key key watching for us to yeah. remember. Like like you said, Loki's been in what six or seven movies by now, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. hard it's hard to keep all that together and. Yeah, you do got to keep in mind that this Loki on this show is straight from the Avengers. They like plucked him out of the Avengers. So everything that happened to Loki after the Avengers, this Loki we're seeing in the show didn't experience. Yeah. (laughs) So that's cool in the show that they like showed him the video or, you know, on that projection screen, like his journey. He saw his mom die. He was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. He saw his mom die. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. He saw like his his relationship with Thor get healed a little bit throughout the years, and yeah. and what he how he eventually does die at the hands of Thanos, and uh, yeah, it's hard to keep all yeah. that stuff in mind, yeah. even for people who like talk about this stuff all the time, like we do. It's it's time travel and multiverse gets very yeah. jumbled like, and confusing. Like that scene where he opened up a drawer and he saw all the Infinity Stones, like multiple ones. I'm like, yeah. I was like, what? And he's yeah, like, yeah, there's cool. different, he's like, there's different, he's like, there's, there could be different Thanos there. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like you just yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could be seven different Thors. You know, like, right? Some with long hair, some with short hair. You know? <laughs> which, which one do you prefer? Yeah. As, as funny as as simple as it is, when when Loki saw his when Loki saw Thor with his haircut, I, the, my th- first thought was, has he ever seen his brother with short hair? Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> right. 
And also in the in the videos when he was watching himself later in later Loki has longer hair. Like yeah. he, they got they got this Loki with like the shoulder cut hair. Yeah. But the later movies he has long hair. I was like, ooh, does he think he looks better with the long hair or the short hair? <laughs> yeah. Which is which is the better Loki? Yeah. Which. <laughs> so then, yeah, and it's one of those things too. Where we got to come back around with the Loki idea of who. Like I said, did did they sit along? What's up? No, you're good. You're was, good. <laughs> UPS just came to my house and dropped off a package. So, <laughs> sorry. Is, lo- is is the tesseract in there? Maybe yeah. it's uh, a. <laughs> as he rips does open look the like one. <laughs> what is? Oh, an air air. Pur- an air purifier. My daughter wanted an air purifier for part of her grad gift. My daughter just graduated high school like next week so she wanted an air purifier for her room i don't know who knows what these crazy kids <laughs> want these days you, got, you, you uh, live a different life man you got yeah. kids graduating high school buying air purifiers <laughs> seeing ghosts and you're making the world a better place and don and i are sitting here drinking in the middle of a saturday afternoon talking about comic books <laughs> <laughs> we went different paths, saturday. i'm glad it's we can all, come together it's all about priorities <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm glad we can still get together to do some of this stuff. I know you got to run here in a few minutes, correct? I could I could spend an extra like maybe ten minutes or so. Hey, look at that! Nice. Just it's to- kind of my fault that my my battery died on my laptop and I was out of there for like seven minutes. So. Well, we make it work. We make it work. We'll make it work. But uh, so, Peter, I know we mentioned it. We threw it at you here last minute. But was there anything that you were geeking out on? this week you've been listening to any music that you're super pumped on i know you're a music teacher and music is all your jam is there anything that you watched this week that you wanted to share with the folks like what what might we not know but we want to check out um i love spotify because um i stopped buying albums a long time ago and i find like maybe like i don't know 15 years ago i stopped buying albums but ever since i got spotify um, I get to download all new stuff that has come out since I stopped buying CDs. So like, for instance, um, um, I, I downloaded uh, Alkaline Trio and I'm hearing all the new stuff or newer stuff that I haven't bought the albums for, for, for the last few years. So I don't know, I'm just kind of going, I'm going back to my roots. I'm going back by a bit. Um, I'm 40 and I've realized, I'm literally at that age where like, I'm like, oh, music today, shucks. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I like one out of a hundred new songs that come out. Like, I know why our parents were like, this generation doesn't know good music because I'm there. I'm like, you know what? Like, like 95% of the stuff that coming out, mumble rap, and especially being a music teacher, like, I, I've, I've learned all the different types of music and I do have appreciation for everything. But at, at a certain point, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of really, really bad music in the last 20 years and i really miss like guitar solos and i don't know i miss when music was good Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so i'm kind of going back also what i realized is i when i was in university um from like 2000 to 2006 ish um when i was doing my music degrees um i i was forced to listen to certain music 
um, like I had to study certain music, like classical music or jazz music. I had, I had like, and I only had enough time to listen to just that. So I literally missed all popular music from like 2000, 2006. I didn't have time to listen to the radio. I was always studying music. So it's funny. Like I hear songs, like I, I look, look up like best of 2003 on Spotify. And I'm like, that was a song that came out. Like, I don't know. Like I, I missed six years of new music because I was studying, I, I was forced to study other stuff so kind of like going back instead of instead of discovering new music i'm discovering like old stuff that i kind of missed well did you actually miss anything during that time i mean 2003 was there i mean you know i don't know is that when fergalicious came out and (laughs) (laughs) black eyed peas were real popular for a minute (laughs) i have like i have like some similar stuff with music like a lot of the new stuff I'm not super into, but then I, I recently I start discovering bands that I was always aware of uh, when I was younger, but never gave a chance to. And now I listen to them with like a new you. Sometimes you have like a more matured ear to music. Yeah. Uh, so so like two bands that come to mind are like um, Super Chunk and Guided by Voices are like okay. two bands, two bands I always like was aware of was like, ah, that's just I don't know what that is. But like for some reason, I, I took those two bands and started listening to them over the past few months i'm like man these bands are really good and they have like a long catalog yeah so it's cool when you it's cool when you can rediscover like a band that you kind of might not have given a chance to at a younger age yeah and now and now it's like something you really like yeah one thing i one thing i like about spotify is um uh well living in canada we only get what is absolutely the most popular stuff from the states makes it up to canada but we have bands that like are barely known in the States and yet they're crazy popular in Canada and they still are like Mariana's Trench. Like they are so huge in Canada, but they almost never tour in the States, but they're so big here. Um, they're so loved here. And yet like you barely hear them on the radio uh, in the States, but, uh, That's you know, Spot- but Spotify lets that open up really like, cause then I can get anything. Like I can look up top hits uh, in rock and it's like, I don't hear any of that on the radio here. Like any new, almost, there's almost no new rock music on our radio stations here. They only play stuff from like, you know, as soon as you hit Puddle of Mud or something, they're like, they, yeah. they, stop, they stop playing anything from like 2004, uh, anything new uh, for rock music. And that's kind of, but Spotify really helps that. Um, I was saying Spotify as if I'm being like sponsored by them. I'm not sponsored by Spotify. <laughs> but you know, Spotify, Spotify. Spotify is also a good tool for listening to podcasts, which yes. you can listen to. <laughs> exactly. That's how I listen to Raise the Geek. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Spotify. They got just sometimes I get lost in their algorithms of what they think I should listen to. I yeah. felt into the for whatever reason I at the time in the early two thousands I didn't I I skipped the screamo period so did i yeah and i've fallen into that at some point where i'm like listening to like the 20th anniversary of silverstein so i'm like let's listen to some silverstein and i got into them and just a lot of those screamo bands from the early aughts that i uh skipped that now i'm can listen to and with a different ear for whatever i don't know why i'm enjoying screamo music but (laughs) i know i don't like straight screamo but um I'm trying to find the band that I listened to. I think it's called Mon- or the band uh, Monuments. Um, I don't know if it's a band. Cart? No Monuments. Um, to- I like I like me a good Thursday album every now and Ooh, then. That's Thursday. like the one of the original uh, innovators of that kind of sound. See, I not, need to- not. 
you have to have the rhythm. You have to have like the melody and the rhythm. I don't like screaming just to scream. I don't like just noise. You have to kind of have that. And I like when they go back and forth with the singing and the screaming. Yes. They go back and forth. That that was exactly my point. I like bands that, yeah, like they do some screaming, but then like they have a vocal melody. Yeah, there has to be a melody to it. I can listen to any screaming, but when there's a melody, I'm down for that. So that's super, that's super cool. Um, Have you heard the band called Monuments? I've heard of them. I can't think okay. of what they've sung. They have they have a couple albums online and like I don't know, two songs out of every ten are really, really good. And they have really good like singing uh mixed with um um with, with some screaming. If it's just scream all the time, uh, I yeah, I don't like that. I'm 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 a I'm a music teacher, so I like vocal melody. Um, yeah. I do okay, I do appreciate how they can scream. That's that's I'm a vocal teacher. That is hard. That is sure. hard to scream and not ruin your voice. But I, I want it mixed with a little bit of singing too, not just screamo. Well, that's even that's even like going back to um, Soundgarden with Chris Cornell, like the range, the voice, the vocal range he could always do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how um, like deep his range was until if you listen, they're like on the radio one day, just randomly, I heard Black Hole Sun, like an acoustic cover he did by himself. Where he would go, he would go from the screaming part to singing like in the snap of a finger, and it's like, man, that guy always had that range like that that you didn't appreciate. Um, you know, one one song, one song by Chris Cornell, I didn't know that he did a cover of that is amazing. Is he does uh, Billy Jean? Uh, oh cover yeah, Billy Jean. Oh my God, it is so good, and I would have never had that if it wasn't for Spotify. <laughs> yeah once again nice we're not word. sponsored by spotify i'm not sponsored by spotify i wish i was that'd be awesome uh but uh no i've, I've uh you know I've, I've listened to uh the best of chris cornell or this is chris cornell on spotify and i've got to i've got to do that with so many artists this is blah 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 and then i get to listen to whatever i want i downloaded um just for fun i downloaded uh metal covers of popular songs and yeah. that's a really good playlist uh so i'm kind of not geeking over that but like I don't know, just like li- listening to songs in different contexts, like just like 80s, like pop love songs, all of a sudden turn into like heavy metal covers. Like this, um, what's, um, what is it? Someone Like You by Adele, but they they have a, a version of it down here by Ice Nine uh, something. Is that remember. when you sent me Kiss from a Rose by Seal? Yeah, that's no. off the same. Yeah, it's off the same. Yeah, it's from Metal Covers of Popular Songs on Spotify. And yeah, Kiss from a Rose is, is there. Um, I want it that way. You know, you spin me around. I mean, it's got hungry eyes. It's got tons of just awesome old school, like 1980s songs. They just, I don't know, grabbed them and they do Africa. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I don't know. I just like stuff like that. No, that's awesome, man. That's a great thing to geek out on. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. I know you got to run. So I appreciate you stopping by and telling us your story and talking about the MCU. And thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was great to see you guys uh, again. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Haven't seen you in a while. It's it's fun. I'm glad you could come on and talk with us. We should do it again, please. Open invitation, man. Open invitation. Hopefully yeah, next time my uh, my battery doesn't die and the <laughs> UPS doesn't show up to my house after run. Yeah, you got to put a sign on your door that says, I'm "I know, a- I'm the podcast. <laughs> Raise my geek podcast." There you go, man. I appreciate it. everybody. Wave right. bye, Peter. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Bye. Take care. All right, man. Yeah, that was fun. 
having Peter on here. It's good to catch up with him. It's been a while. That was, oh yeah. yeah, that was a good time. And and I know we were talking about all everything he has to talk about with his abilities and everything. And he, I guess he didn't watch The Conjuring Three, but you know what? Me and you did. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that really quickly for those who don't know. Conjuring Three: The Devil Made Me Do It has been out for about a week on HBO Max. The follow up to Part One and Part Two completing the trilogy if it'll have a part four who knows but for now it's completing the trilogy um and it's been available now for us to consume and we both watched it chris i want to know what your uh thoughts and feelings are on the conjuring three the devil made me do it oh that's a very complicated question my friend very complicated (laughs) question i absolutely adored conjuring one and almost adored conjuring two this movie I did not come anywhere close to adoring. I did not enjoy this movie for many, many reasons. Um, I'm a huge fan. I was nervous with this movie coming out of the gate when it was announced that James Wan wouldn't be directing it. James Wan notoriously likes to start these franchises and then not see them through outside of an executive producer role. They had, uh, he did, like I said, he did Insidious 1 and 2, which were amazing. And then all of a sudden it was Insidious 3 and they had a different director. And even though it was one of the Raiders, it still just wasn't the same. They were like, let's do a prequel and let's do this. Now, Conjuring 1 and 2, James Wan does it. Conjuring 3, you bring in somebody else and he's an executive producer. And it just, it was noticeably different. And it was noticeable to me. It was very generic. It just kind of was like a horror movie. And there was nothing outside of having the Warrens and having, uh, what's her name, Vera Familia. From, yeah, Faringa or something Faringa. like that, and and Patrick Wilson. And Patrick having them, which is nice because <laughs> I love the pairing of the two of them, and they're great, and they were great in this movie. But just overall, my my expectations maybe were too high, but I don't think that's true. I really just think this really, in my opinion, just wasn't a good movie. Uh, what do you think of it, man? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you that it, this one does not stand next to Part One, especially. Uh, or or even part two like part one to me is a just a classic horror movie like one of the standout horror movies of the last however long you want to go back um and kind of just the flip in this movie from um haunted house kind of a thing to to demonic demonic possessions and then also mixing it with police procedural <clears throat> that kind of change it i just didn't feel like flowed very well if they would have just made enough like more of what they had in part one and part two even if it wasn't as quality as those because of the d- director change i still think that would have been a better movie than what this was um you know the police procedural detective kind of a thing like getting to the bottom of a murder just was the direction they wanted to go but even then they underutilized that they didn't follow through with that idea either because we didn't really see a trial like the trial if they would have made this movie about uh the warrens trying to convince a court of law that um the demonic possession defense was actually like legitimate then i could have seen that being like oh that's cool like this hasn't been done before but they kind of hinted that they were going to do that but then they didn't really show anything like nothing in the courtroom or anything and then everything else was just kind of I don't know. It was all over the place. There was no like focal point for me. It was just jumping around too much. Um, I only found that there was a few worthy, scary moments actually in this movie. Like I was never truly scared. Like I was in the first one, like the first one was scary as 
hell. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Like that movie stuck with me for a few days. Nothing in this movie was like to that level. Um, and like I said, I like stuff where the first two was like a, a centralized location, like the haunting of this house, the haunting of this place. This was like, they're all over, they're jumping all over, man. Um, it was like the MCU. They were world trying <clears throat> and running around yeah. talking with all these different people and doing all these different things. And it just, it was yeah, that too could much. Have, yeah. That, that would have been good for something else. But when you, th- when I saw that they were making conjuring three, I just wanted something more similar to the first two. And that's not what we got. So this is definitely, to me, the weakest of the trilogy. Oh, easily. Um, <clears throat> it's watchable. I, I won't say it's not watchable. Fans of the Warren characters would, you know, could enjoy their uh, furthering of their adventure. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of forgettable to me. I don't see me revisiting it ever again. Um, mm. One watch is enough. <laughs> Yes, it was easily enough, and I am grateful for HBO in this situation that I could have watched it at home as part of my subscription and not lose money. Yeah. The biggest, I think, flaw in this movie that really should have been caught before they made it, and for whatever reason, is when you, you know, the whole perk, or I guess plus, or the intrigue of this series is that they're based on real people. The Warrens were real people they are neither one of us no longer with us but they are they were real people who she was a psychic i mean like that's all based in reality and they did go around notoriously for better or worse because there are different cases you know where you can hear that they've been sued and they had lots of people calling them frauds but you had this instance where you have these real people and you built these first two movies off of real cases from them where they had audio tapes they had evidence they had things of course they hollywooded up the story a little bit and added a little bit here and there but it was still based on this is a real family this is these are real people who had this experience happen to them and whether or not you believe it or not it still exists as proof or at least truth you know to them whether or not you Mm -hmm. believe in it or not and then this one the only true aspect of this entire story was that there was a dude who said the devil, you know, I don't remember killing these people. And they decided to go with the devil made me do it like plea. And he Mm -hmm. pleaded innocent saying he would, a demon did it. And the Warrens were involved in that case, trying to prove it, which of course they weren't able to prove it. And the dude went to jail for five years. And everything else about this movie was made up. Yeah. Everything else was embellished. Everything else was made up. So now like at this point, when you really break it down in that way, nothing about this movie was true nothing like all of the actual true aspects of the movie they never they didn't go into outside just the basic idea and i think that's ultimately what hurts this movie yeah if you just wanted it to be a based on a true story and follow the real story the movie would have been more invested in the trial and the proving of the demonic possession defense but like i said they just kind of brushed over that and opted more for like uh a curse and a satanist and a witch who's planted these things and the warrens have to crawl under the house and find these and and it kind of takes the air out of the whole thing of the um demonic possession when you 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 talked about it like it's just a witch's curse and now we got to find this witch i don't know it it was just very very scattered or scattered ideas just kind of meshed together and and of course once you once you make it the villain the witch doing her thing 
then it's, I don't know, it, to me, it loses a lot of the scariness because I didn't know her reasons. I didn't know her purpose. I didn't know anything about her or why she was doing what she was doing. And then doesn't that, like, you come back around to this court case. Now, don't, isn't that enough evidence that there was foul play or there was something going on? Like, wouldn't that have made the court case more interesting with this idea that there was a witch who was, like, right targeting these people and then like did that play into the court case at all because this dude was still found guilty because that's what happened in real life but then in real life they didn't have a witch who was placing a curse on him they <laughs> right. found and you know got her you yeah. know and, and killed so i didn't know why i mean the story that they ultimately decided to tell wouldn't any of that come into like police reports and any of that wouldn't that actually come into the court case in some way which it didn't. And two, the Warrens were at a house when all the police showed up with two dead bodies. How did they get out of that? Exactly. Like they had exactly. a woman in the basement who was contorted into multiple pretzels <laughs> shaped and they had a dude yeah. with a throat slit in the house with no evidence that they didn't do it. Like right. the police just showed up and were supposed to be like, happy ending, the police are there. And this, how they did they get like, away from that? They were just like, ah, it's the Warrens. Classic Warrens dead contorted bodies in the basement and throat slit priests this is the warrant this has got the warrants fingerprints all over it yeah. yeah that stuff would have totally made it into the court case and they would have been like okay we gotta we gotta dig deeper into this we got dead priests and contorted satanists in the basement and like a, a, a satan worshiping shrine in this basement we got, we're gonna have to uh dig a little deeper into this murder but it's just like no five years man so <laughs> Like, it was weird because that ultimately would have changed. Like, if this was a normal movie, that dude would have found been found innocent because of all of the evidence we watched this whole movie for. But because that portion was based in reality, but right. they didn't have any evidence. So, of course, he was guilty for that. Yeah. So now that's, what, like, that's what makes it very messy. That's what makes this, this whole storytelling very messy is trying to combine the the stuff you made up with what's real and it not flowing correctly just very messy yeah so it's it's just was a shame i was you know i was always i was very excited for the conjuring three and you know hesitant with james wan leaving but it just kind of kind of was a letdown and i'm not surprised that it was a letdown but i am disappointed that it was yeah i totally agree with you all right man but no, go ahead. I was gonna. I was ready to move on to Sweet Tooth episodes three and four. If you had any other Conjuring speak, this is the time to do it. No, that's it. Time for Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, episode three. I know some of you out there might have already watched the whole thing, but Don and I are not that way, so we are watching it slowly. But I am starting to wonder if Netflix makes their shows purposefully to binge because i don't know how well these episodes stand up on their own without watching all of them at one time i don't know if you felt something like that watching episode three and four i was very like all right i just want to watch this thing and see where they're going and i don't know it's it's a weird i don't know if it's purposefully that or it's just because i know they're all there that i should just watch them all and be done with it it's probably a combination of both but yeah watching these but after four, I was like, ah, oh, should I watch episode five? Like, I can keep going. Let me just, like, wrap this series up uh, or get get as far as I can. So I can see that. Um, yeah, I got that feeling from episodes three and four. But they were they were still good. I like, I, I do like, I'm 
in, I'm still enjoying this series halfway through um, and interested to see where it goes to wrap up, basically. But three and four were good to me. Yeah, they were. What I really enjoy about them, like episode four in particular, like there really wasn't much I enjoyed about episode four. Like as an overall show, I was like, this episode is fine. But at the same time, by the end of it, I was like, I liked everything that they did by the end. And I was like, all right, I'm ready for more. So then what does that say for the episode? You know, because then I'm just like, wait, did I like that episode? Because kind of watching it, I was just like, ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. And then all of a sudden I come back around by the end and I'm like, nice. So I, I don't really know what's happening in my, my, my brain. Yeah. But, you know, I enjoyed, yeah, I'm still enjoying the hell out of the show. Yeah, and kind of like how we talked about episodes one and two, we'll just kind of com- combine both episodes here a little bit. But um, my biggest takeaway from these is I like the further progression of Dr. Singh and his wife a lot. That's kind of where we're um, getting the horror horror parts of the show from the most. Um, outside of Gus and the animal army who were presented, which had a lot of cool scenes and we'll talk about. But uh, I like a lot of what's going on with Dr. Singh and his wife. We're getting a lot of more uh, de- developing with them. Uh, in episode three, the the big scene that I'm thinking of is like the, the neighborhood party. Mm-hmm. It's basically like celebrating survival day. Yeah. Um, and uh, we haven't said it yet, but spoilers for Sweet Tooth. If you haven't seen it, go watch these episodes before we talk about it. Spoiler. But um spoilers but that yeah man that scene um just starts off normal everyone's kind of having cocktails and eating and just hanging around and it turns into just like a cluster f of (laughs) of of stuff going on and and the the main guy who's like it is or he gave the speech about his wife who died during the original virus uh he's got that classic twinkie pitch twinkie twinkie (laughs) pitch i said pinky twitch twinkie pitch oh my god it's been a long day that pinky twitch uh which is a signal of the sick and we know as viewers that it's hard to watch because we're seeing it from the doctor and his wife's point of view and we know that she's sick as well but she's She's doing all over that party yeah she's doing her best to hide it like keeping her hands concealed and whatever uh, what we don't know as viewers is what they do with people who turn out to be sick. The doctor has like a um, a uh, test kit, I guess you would kind of call it, to test the blood to see if you truly are sick. And it turns a different color. I think it turned purple. And that's when they all knew. And then all of a sudden, man, it switched from a lighthearted cocktail party to they're wrapping this guy in plastic wrap. And he's begging, like, please, no, I'm fine. This is nothing. And we're like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, they like, the next scene they show them outside and they're burning this house down with this guy inside. We're assuming he's inside and we're like, Whoa, man, that's, that's, that's some dark shit right there. And, uh, and, uh, that was crazy. What'd you think of that? Yeah. And they foreshadowed that before too, because they walked past the burned down house. So it was like, no, yeah. the first time this group has done that, it's like, that is the procedure for someone yeah. who comes down with the sick. We wrap them in saran wrap and yeah, burn that some bitch down so with with whoever is sick in the house and that's yeah. kind of a crazy like that you know escalated quickly <laughs> yeah you just assume in any post-apocalyptic world like people become hardened and uncaring and like um killing and stuff seems like just an everyday happening like even that guy outside while the house is burning is just still eating his cake yep. from inside from inside the uh 
from inside the party is like it's a totally nonchalant thing and i thought that was like super cool super dark people complaining about this show not being as um dark as the source material they might have got their little serving of darkness right there with all that yeah and it just it it's crazy because they set you up with this idea that they were still like a civilization like we're in this Mm -hmm. apocalyptic like i don't know what this world looks like right now because when you look at this community they're just living in houses there's cars still around but nobody seems like they're driving them but they're still trying to like keep the world as it was now outside of the walls i don't know what anything looks like i almost wish this show would i need like almost to step back from the world we're seeing these little pockets and little hints at what the world looks like, but I don't know what this world looks like. And it's becoming confusing because you're like, Whoa, this was extreme for them to do that. So it was, it was definitely kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. And uh, even more of Dr. Singh in episode four, him and his wife have to keep making more secrets because the, uh, the main neighbor that they show even in episode three, like she starts to suspect something's going on with, um the doctor and his wife she suggests uh having random tests for the sick and clearly the doctor and his wife don't want that because she's infect she's infected they're trying to hide it um but the neighbor's very adamant and she catches on to a lie that the doctor told her about them having an anniversary and the wife didn't know what he's talking about and she kind of caught them in a lie so by the end of that episode, you know, full spoilers, that was a cool scene where the horse kicks <laughs> kicks that neighbor. And I was like, whoa, that one kind of caught me off guard. And the doctor and his wife have to pull her into the house. And now they have a new secret because the doctor said we can revive her. She's still breathing. And the wife's like, no, we're going to let her die. It's like, oh, man, they're just getting deeper and deeper into their secret. So I really like their um, their storyline and where it's going. I'm interested to see where it's going to their story is going to meet up with Gus's because um, cl- the doctor clearly has to find a hybrid to a uh, special hybrid to use for the vaccines. And Hey, we know Gus is that special hybrid. So when are the, they finally going to all meet up? It's going to be cool. Yeah. And I, I well, it was funny because they were chasing the neighbor down the, the driveway and I yelled at the TV killer. <laughs> and then the horse <laughs> yeah. kicked her like literally about two seconds. Like, I mean, it was yeah. like perfect timing. I couldn't have scripted it better. I was like, just <laughs> kill her. And the horse just came. Yeah. Up. That'll do it too. Now my problem <laughs> right. that became this idea of like, well, you just had a legitimate accident happen. So yes. why bring this body in your house and create a scenario where you're trying to cover up something that you didn't do. So that's, yeah. I mean, of course, you don't know how you're going to react in that particular situation. They still could have let her die on the street and pretended like they were trying to help her and been like, hey, she got too close to the horse. The horse kicked her. Oops. You know, I mean, it's not like they they had nothing to do with her death. So it's like, why pretend? Why try to hide that you did? Like that seems I mean, I'm sure it's a rush scenario, but it's just something that they always use on TV where it's like oh, this happened and I'm going to hide it, which is more damning than if I would have done nothing. Yeah, dude, I thought the same exact thing. It's so funny how we think alike in those situations. Like I was like, just let her die on the street and go inside your house. And when somebody comes and finds a body, be like, oh, she must have got kicked by the horse. I mean, all the evidence is there because that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Right. Got kicked by the horse. So it doesn't matter. Like you're guilty of nothing. They were guilty of absolutely nothing. But as soon as they drag that body into the house, now they're guilty. 
Yeah. My only thinking of them doing that is maybe their thought process is if we let her, because she was supposedly still alive, yeah. the doctor's like, she's still breathing. Let's say somebody else comes and helps her and revives her. Now yeah. she's still alive and can tell your secret. That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, we had the same thoughts. Uh, that's the doctor's journey. What do you think of Gus and Big Man through these uh, episode three and four, kind of exploring the world a little bit after the Great Crumble? And we see them at the market um, and kind of the introduction of Bear and the Animal Army. Like, what are your thoughts on all those? I uh, I mean, it was fine. I enjoy the chemistry with Gus and Big Man. I like that they're kind of, there's more layers to that relationship. And you can tell that Big Man is, you know, struggling to try to figure out what to do with this. And his old self is coming out a little bit. He's starting to feel again as he used to be. A, yeah. What were they? Last oh, like the, la- the last men yeah um so we're getting more information about what and once again like i said i want this pullback like i really am hoping that there's like this episode coming where it's like we're gonna this is like the government that still exists and this is what they're trying to do like i want to know what this world looks like i have no idea what this world looks like because we're seeing you know like markets and we're seeing this confusing like this dude's getting pop tarts still but it's been 10 years so where are we at with a timeline and then how is he still getting Pop-Tarts and who's really in control? And it's like, who's in charge of this neighborhood and who's you have kid armies running around dressed as animals, trying to save hybrids. And you have the last men. Well, who's in charge of the last, like, I just, I'm like, I need to see the structure, the hierarchy of this world now. And how destroyed is it? Are we going to pull out by the end of this last episode? And they're going to be like, Oh, you know, this is the bubble we're in, but now we have the whole world is still normal or like, you know, it's just, there's a, there's a, bigger picture that i want to see so bad that they're not giving me yeah they're pulling they're pulling very slowly on the strings to like open it up to you um we did get intro we did get introduced to like who's supposedly the big bad of this show by the end of episode three that um the bald general with the big beard oh the guy that looked like the the sonic villain dr robotnik yeah he looks like stanley tucci playing dr robotnik yep (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) i guess his name is general abbott supposed to be the leader of the last men so i feel like we'll we'll be um probably encountering him a lot here in the coming episodes but yeah i agree with you i'd like the strings pulled back a little more um i like the introduction of of bear and the animal army to some extent it's just like a little cool add-on i like their their compound and their world all very colorful and different uh i like seeing gus exposed to like new different things and and uh so that was that that was cool. Those were some cool sequences in like the carnival or whatever they've kind of taken over as their own. And this comes back to the idea of what this world looks like. One, who is paying for the electricity? True. That's something my wife that's something my wife talked about. Like, how are all the lights on in the poke in a post apocalyptic yeah. world? How how do they have the internet? True. They're doing research to find out Gus's mom, and they're like, do this research. And they showed that they had the internet. They're creating vi- virtual reality video games. You know, like, why would you, how, what is the world? If the internet still exists, that means that there's still a world on the outside. You can't, right. apocalyptic wasteland, if they want us to believe that this is a full on apocalyptic wasteland, there is no internet. You're not going <laughs> to keep the internet working, especially if yeah. you have no power. So, and if you have power and you have the internet, then you live in a structured society. You like <laughs> true, sure. You can't have it both ways. They might be like expecting us to suspend our belief in some aspects. Like, well, we didn't want to just have a show where everything's lit by candlelight. We had to kind of just uh, 
No, in a visual, know. it looked good. I <laughs> yeah. notoriously hate kid armies. I just, sure. I've, even as a kid, I didn't like Lord of the Flies. I don't like when kids are in charge because kids have a skewed version of reality, which is exactly what they did. Like, oh, the last men killed my family. And of course, that's traumatic and that's horrible and it's terrible. But then I'm going to hold all of this. Like, I'm unable to, they're always like, their beliefs only go so far and they're unwilling to accept anyone else's conversation or belief like when they were talking with big man and trying to you did this and you did these things and he's like well yeah didn't you do stuff i mean and i loved the idea that gus threw that back in her face going well you just killed those dudes yeah when he did that i was like oh damn girl snap gus just called you on your bullshit and that was what i loved was the fact that we went straight from this kid army and this kid army only lasted one episode and we yeah. moved the story along. I really thought we were about to get an extended arc of Gus not trusting Big Man because you were a last man. Oh, no. And no, in this episode, two minutes after he got told, he was like, so what? He's helped me. Because that's yeah. what real people do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just the, yeah, the kid army seems like it only lasted one. The, the main takeaway from it is, I guess, just Bear who is the young girl leader of the group is now, you know, no longer part of it. And it seems like she's going to be joining in on the expedition with uh, Jep and Gus, which is cool. It's kind of like a, kind of like an RPG video game where you like pick up another member along the way on your journey, like totally final fantasy style. Uh, yeah. we, new party member added to party. Bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it's cool. You don't like kid armies. You didn't like you didn't like the Rufio and the boys from Book, the Lost Boys. They were Rufio, Rufio. Yes, they were all right. I don't know. <laughs> they did pop in my head as one that I was like, maybe I didn't mind Rufio. Yeah, I like. I don't Rufio. know. Just it's it depends on how it's done. I'm glad that this kid army lasted one episode. If I had yeah. watched multiple episodes of them trying to convince Gus to not trust you know, Jeb or whatnot, then that would have been yeah. to me. But being able to be move past this and now see what Bear is going to do and where she's going to go, that's kind of cool. Uh, let's bring no. Amy and what Amy's yeah. doing. Because we did get, you know, Amy got a pig baby. and uh, Pig baby? Yeah, Amy got a pig baby. Someone just abandoned this baby at the zoo and whether or not it was, I believe we talked about it at the end of episode two because I think that's when that happened. I don't think Amy was in episode three. But I'm Maybe not. Straight. Um, but she, someone just, you know, ding dong ditched a baby at her doorstep because I thought they maybe they thought it was funny that they were going to leave a pig baby at the zoo and they didn't know Amy was there. Now, what is the, the deal with people on this show mm-hmm. hiding out in the most obvious places that is going to attract yeah. all the attention? And then they get shocked when people knock on their door. We had the ski yeah. resort in episode two where it's this gorgeous lodge that, of course, tracked everyone's attention from miles and miles away. And here we have a zoo in the middle of a city. And then yeah. wait, somebody's attracted here. And, uh, you know. Yeah, it's totally the same thing from episode two. Like, don't be shocked when they come come a calling on this giant complex. Yeah. And, like, just put it, just putting a chain and a lock on the door isn't going to keep the, the bad men out or anything. Uh, yeah, that, that's funny. Um I do. I like the the Amy and her pig daughter. Um, I don't remember her daughter's name. I think it's Wendy. I wrote it down. Okay. Wendy. Good, good. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known that unless I looked it up. All but, my uh, notes. All my notes say pig baby, and I feel bad about that. But that's just <laughs> the information that I. She's have. a pig baby. She is. Uh, 
their relationship totally reflects the same kind of relationship Gus and Papa had, Will Forte, kind of like a human leading a hybrid child through and raising a hybrid child as, you know, through the world and teaching them the dangers of the world and trying to keep them secret and protected. So I feel like we're definitely going to get more of that. Um, we kind of got the idea towards the end of their thing that where they live, that zoo is what becomes the preserve. I love like that. the the letters that fall through the sky, like saying, this is a safe place for hybrids. Come here. Uh, we have a safe place for you. Um, the only thing that was a little confusing to me is like, I kind of had to put it together in my head that then the story we've been seeing with Amy and Wendy at the zoo was like years ahead of where Gus is because the, we saw the zoo becoming the preserve. Yeah. But when the letters all fell from the sky, that preserve was the sanctuary or whatever you want to call it was yeah. already established. So like it, it was, they didn't really tell us we were in different timelines, but I guess we were a little bit and now they'll finally probably come together. Um, yeah, you, They have to be, but then it's weird because then of course this, where you start looking too deep because we're like, well, it's been 10 years for Gus but then how long has the sick been lo- around longer than those 10 years? And Gus happened to be, like I said, that's where I want the bigger picture of like the timeline and the bigger picture of what actually happened and whether or not we're going to get that or not. I don't know, but yeah, that's, it's throwing me off with this, this timeline with Amy and, and Wendy and doing that thing. Yeah, I totally. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see all these pretty much three main storylines start converging with each other which they they should be in the next few episodes here to kind of get a better idea of what's going on well i loved the idea i loved the idea that they turned amy's farm into the preserve yes i thought that was really cool and i, I for whatever reason didn't see that coming then we can't not we can't finish this conversation without talking about bobby who is little little bobby who's a little animatronic <laughs> woodchuck or whatever he was yeah um, yeah who showed up at the farm and that's kind of what triggered Amy, but it was Wendy's friend. But now of course we're looking at this idea too. Gus, we've always known, they've always talked about Gus being special. Mm-hmm. And Oh, he talks and he's, this is a hybrid. And now we have Wendy who's the same as Gus, mm-hmm. but now we have Bobby who's a talking full on hey, animal. He's like a straight up, almost not even a hybrid he's just an animal who can stand on his hind legs and walk and talk and but only say his name he didn't say anything else but like he's almost looks like he's losing his humanity so like is this what happened with all the hybrids Did they just turn into legitimate animals right that might he might be a further developed hybrid who's in deeper stages than what gus and wendy are in that could be true who knows we don't know what if what if gus and wendy skipped that stage and they just True. kept growing as humans instead of as animals. But now I, I enjoy the idea that there's two hybrid humans that are special as opposed yes. to just putting it all on Gus's shoulders. I like the yeah. idea that there are two. I'm just curious, like I said, at what point is, is Amy and that whole compound? Because I think someone said in an earlier episode that the preserve doesn't exist. Yeah. Didn't someone yeah. say something about the preserve is, isn't real or isn't, isn't around anymore. I'm pretty sure like maybe that, uh, Somebody said that to Gus or said that to somebody, didn't they? I'll, I'll, I may have to look back at that one. I don't remember that part. But I feel I, like I somebody told said something about the preserve. You think this is real or you think this is going to save you? I have that yeah. memory, but I can't remember what episode or who said it. Sounds like something maybe Bear would have said because she was very adamant before the mutiny that she wanted Gus to stay with them and like let them kind of kill uh, Jep. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but Gus being the good hearted boy he is, wouldn't let that happen and kind of stuck his guns. He's just a good little soul, good little boy. Uh, Which I enjoy because he's pushing the story along faster than I think a lot of shows would go. Definitely. So halfway through here, I'm, I'm still very invested. Going to, going to see it all the way through. I'm, I'm, already to the point where i gotta know how they're gonna end this and want to see how it's what's gonna happen so yeah good times with sweet tooth don't worry about us folks we are in this one to the end we will not quit this one like we quit jupiter's legacy yeah and like most of you probably quit jupiter's legacy and if you didn't now you don't have a choice because it's not coming back (laughs) it got canceled (laughs) all right don let's wrap up this week with what we're geeking out on we found out earlier Peter's geeking out on Spotify. He's loving it. He's checking those early aughts and looking through that stuff. But what are you geeking out on this week, man? This week, I'm geeking out on Seinfeld, but not the Seinfeld that you think of when someone says Seinfeld to you, you think of the classic sitcom, still one of the greatest shows that ever existed. We've probably already talked about it three times on this show. Of course. But um, I'd actually forgotten my wife saw something a while back that was um i'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with funko pop toys which you know they make a toy for everything from comic books to movies to everything so of course seinfeld's not off limits they make seinfeld ones now this set she found is like seinfeld minis which um are a little smaller versions but each one comes with a um piece of the jerry's apartment set so when you put them all together it makes the entire apartment look apartment look super cool man and then you got jerry george elaine and kramer all there and you can place them around i'm not a big toy person i don't have a bunch of toys around my house i'm not like a toy collector but man i can't wait till this thing gets here and i'm gonna set it up somewhere in my house every time guests come over i'm gonna be like come let me show you my prized possession it is my seinfeld diorama here displayed yes you can touch them don't touch them too hard be delicate with my seinfeld diorama uh but yeah i can't wait for that to come and uh yeah it got me reading um last christmas as a gift because um my wife knows i Jerry Seinfeld is my favorite comedian. She got me his book from last year called Is This Anything? Uh, you know about that that novel he, he has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. It's like um, basically a collection. He basically calls it Is This Anything? Is what every comedian says to every other comedian about any new bit they want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of covers his entire career from 1975 it's not stories he's written it's not anything it's just literally all his jokes yeah from the the 70s and it's broken up into decades like you got the 70s his 70s jokes 80s 90s into the 2000s up to modern day and it's like seriously a 425 page collection of just all of his jokes that he's documented throughout the years and he like documented them all on notebook paper they show and um yeah, man, this is a super cool book. I just wanted to like share one or two of these that like made me laugh. Nice. Um, this one was, I think, from the '70s decade, and I'm I can't deliver this like Jerry Seinfeld would. And each one is each one is like sentences on a space on another sentence. You know his delivery, like oh, everything's yeah. just so so particular. But this one was called the left bit, and it says, "I'm left-handed." Left-handed people do not like that word, left. 
is so often associated with negative things. Two left feet, left-handed compliment. Bad ideas are always, quote, out of left field. What are we having for dinner? Leftovers. You go to a party, nobody's there. Where'd everybody go? They left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, stuff like that is funny. And uh, what was the other one? I uh, uh, There was one more that I was going to talk about. Well, if we had time while Peter was here, I was going to bring this one up because we were all, like I said, we were all in Boy Scouts together. Yeah, but yeah. he had a, he had another joke from the 70s called Cub Scouts. So this was his Cub Scout joke. He, he says, I was a Cub Scout when I was nine years old. Any ex-Cubbies here? <laughs> waiting for like the laughter in the audience. And he's like, anybody still go to meetings? It's tough to stay with it, but it stays with you. When you've had a little yellow button on top of your head, you never forget. <laughs> I remember I'd get in the outfit all set up, blue pants, blue shirt, little yellow neckerchief, that giant metal thing that holds the neckerchief together. You go outside, you get beat up, come back, put your regular clothes on. You're not making it to school in that outfit. That's why we formed packs to survive. <laughs> it's, all, it's also why they taught us to camp in the wilderness. If we had normal clothes, we'd check into a hotel like anybody else. In that getup, you want to be in the woods. <laughs> I spent 99% of my time as a Cub Scout just trying to get my hat back. That's all I did. Running back and forth at my bus stop going, quit it. I think, <laughs> I think the first merit badge book was Bear, then Lion. I never got past Bear. I thought, Bear, Lion, at this rate, we'll never get to women. Even at nine, I was thinking, come on, nightclubs, birth control, pick up the pace. I'm not leading, meeting a lot of bears in there. <laughs> uh, that was that was all that one. But that's that's funny, man. Anybody who is a fan of Jerry Seinfeld and his comedy throughout the years, uh, I, I think that's a super funny book. I, I, I've just flipped through it. I haven't like read it all yet, but uh, a lot of fun for fans of the Seinfeld show or his comedy. Uh, so, yeah. That's what I've been geeking out on this week, man. Laughing at Jerry. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. You have to... Uh, I, I can't wait to see pictures and what that looks like. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely be sending them to you in our group text. You know I will as soon as it comes, like, right on my fireplace mantle of Jerry's apartment, basking in all its glory. Oh, in glory. It, it, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It's like, oof, this looks good. Right whole apartment and then the little characters you can make them move around and do stuff i think i think it also comes with newman and uncle leo yeah but then me and melanie started talking about melanie my wife for those who don't know we started talking about like uh is uncle leo worthy of that sixth character like if you think of top seinfeld side characters newman of course is probably number one Mm-hmm. outside of outside of the four the first person you think of is newman but like is leo the sixth is leo the next most important and then we started going through the list like maybe frank frankistanza might be more but maybe they didn't want to do that because you already got george there but leo is like a seinfeld relative you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. i would i would say frank ahead of leo i might even say like mr peterman ahead of leo um bob sacramento yeah, even though we never see him, like what if we see him for the first time as a Funko Pop, <laughs> right? Just looking all weird, like eh, Bob Sacramento. He, he uh, could look like anything. He sells uh, he sells pheasant hats down by Battery Park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sells whatever you need to move the plot forward. Yeah, but when you really start thinking about it, like it is hard to come up with who that next person is after Newman. Maybe Putty, maybe David Putty would have been more. 
Putty would have been good. Important than Leo, but yeah, it's fun. What a great show. Man, I know I've been watching through season five, as I told you before. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's timeless, man. Even, you know, some technology and little things change, little scenarios change, but I don't know whether or not it's because we grew up in the era or whatnot, but it's just, it's still relevant, man. It still works. I love it. Yeah. One of the best. Right on. One of the best. Chris, what are you, my friend, geeking out on this week? I'm geeking out on nothing nearly as cool because this week has been crazy and work has been nuts. So I haven't really been able to geek out on much outside of getting my time in Far Cry 5. But I've already talked about Far Cry 5. I'm going to talk about cooking shows. Take a page from Ron, who's talked about Top Chef. And I stumbled upon on Hulu this show that's on Fox. And we know Fox is known for the reality shows that don't make any sense. The Masked Singer, Tell Me Who Your Name Is, or Whose Dancer Is This? And they put people under masks. And Fox is known for being weird, and they've always done that. Well, they have this show called Crime Scene Kitchen, hosted by Joel McHale, which I am a sucker for Joel McHale. (laughs) Sure. But it's Crime Scene Kitchen where they take contestants and it's not even like a weekly show. It's literally they have they have 10 teams that show up weekly and they're eliminating people like this is old school reality where it's like we have we're not new people every week. These are the same people and they're getting whittled down elimination style. But you basically take and they split them up every other week is a different group of five. So it's kind of they just did their third episode. So now we're back to the original group and next week we'll be a bit of the second group if that makes any sense. Okay. But you take five teams and basically they create a crime scene in a kitchen. So they have a, a crime scene kitchen where these bakers have to go in and find the clues in the kitchen to find out what dessert was baked in that kitchen. Interesting. And then they're tasked with now going back and figure, trying to guess what the dessert was that was baked. And they have to bake it as close as possible to resemble whatever the dessert was so at the end obviously they bust out the dessert going this is the secret dessert and they have to see how close and it actually comes down to it's not even just like hey i made a pie in here so you need to make a pie it's literally like how it's decorated it's like literally down to the t so if everybody wants to make like a carrot cake mm-hmm. it comes down, if everybody makes a carrot cake and that happens to be what was made in the kitchen who got the closest to the designs who got the closest to so it's like a mystery if that makes Ah. sense so it's very interesting one of the things that's very appealing for it it's like i don't know if you've watched it on netflix nailed it no i haven't watched it nailed it's not nearly as good but it's it's basically they take people who really don't like home cooks or home bakers who don't really bake and then say hey here's this gorgeous cake you have 45 minutes you make it and then of course their stuff looks like trash and you make fun of them and you laugh that they can't do it these are actual bakers who like actually get pretty damn close based on looking deciphering the clues but it's fun to be like you're watching them bake and you're like are they right are they right and you're trying to solve the mystery and it's actually turned out to be a pretty fun easy just kind of like while you're eating dinner oh yeah you you need shows like that you gotta have shows like that that aren't too hard to think about yeah you know it's the summer cooking shows i always enjoy that's where i've watched the top chefs you know in the summer Mm -hmm. hell's kitchen just came back master chef just came back got the gordon ramsay fix and then we got crime scene kitchen thrown in the middle but this one i thought was had a unique premise that actually works pretty well so it was something that's been watched at you know yeah here in the past past week nice yeah fox fox does have its re- bunch of reality shows which all look like trash 
but not all of them. I mean, me and Melanie just started season two of Lego Masters, which like yeah. we watched the whole first season. I'm not even like a huge Lego guy, but that show was good. Is it for some reason to me? Like I liked season one. Do I have uh, to watch season one to watch season two? No, you don't. Okay. Not at all. But Will Arnett is the host of that. And he's like super funny for some reason. I mean, he just is. He always has been. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's a that's a good show. I nice think thing. episode two came out last week and we still haven't watched it. So that's I don't blame you for watching your Fox show. That if you like it, it's good. I might have to check out Lego Masters, too. And you need that mindless entertainment, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, that's some good geeking out I think we're doing. Hopefully you guys find some enjoyment in that. But I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode of Raised uh, Geek. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us. Hit us up on all podcasts and social media services. Pick up your friend's phone while you guys are hanging out and sign up for our show and subscribe for it on their phone. They'll thank you for it. So make sure you do that. It helps out the show a lot. And hit us five stars anywhere that you can rate and review us. We definitely appreciate it. And if you leave any comments, make sure you leave your name and where you're uh, writing in from so we can give you a proper shout out on the show. Questions, comments, concerns, shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com as well as follow our Twitter at raisedageek. Join over, join one of over 500, pushing 600 very rapidly. We're going almost up almost 100 a week, it seems like. So definitely make sure you join so you don't miss anything over there. And we are going to continue with our Loki special episodes. I think we call them limited editions or limited series, Loki. Whatever we call them, you guys heard it on Sunday. You, you heard it on them. Sunday, and we will, we will be back this Sunday to follow up on Loki Episode 2, which you guys are all watching as we're speaking right now. So no spoilers until we watch it, and we'll spoil it for you on Sunday. Keep it zipped until we've seen it, please. Zipped. And, but I think that's going to wrap it up. So until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek. <laughs>